Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so glad you're here. I'm psyched to share this week's episode with you. You heard that I am an instigator of joy. Well, this week's guest, Kyle Moss, is a purveyor of joy. There is just so much joy and so much love and wisdom in this conversation. Kyle Moss is a joyful mindset coach and self-proclaimed purveyor of joy who provides vibrant mindset coaching. I love that vibrant mindset coaching and consulting services for ambitious women and organizations looking to live with more bold clarity, firm confidence, and daily contentment, no matter their circumstances. Kyle is such a beautiful soul, such a bright light. She is absolutely positively a light leader and a light leader. Yes, I made up the term. A light leader is someone who deeply craves raising the world, who has a deep desire to spread love and joy all across the planet and to use that love and joy to elevate everybody. So that is absolutely positively Kyle. She is, she's something special. She's something really special. She talks about this concept of radical love that lights me up a lot. She shares some things that, you know, have some things percolating in the back of my head. She makes me want to be a better person, to be a better human. She in just talking about her own growth and desires, she invites me to up-level my connection with others and my love of others. And I hope she does the same for you. Now, if you, like Kyle, are a light leader, then light leader amplification is calling to you. Light leader amplification is my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And because I am an MG and we are not here to be put in boxes and because I am non-specific, light leader amplification isn't a set, regimented, rigid program. We make it for you. The two of us come together with a free consultation and we talk about what, you, what you need in your life as a light leader. What do you need to deepen your impact? What conditioning do you need to clear? What can we do to elevate your sparkle and bring you all the way into alignment with your soul so you can do the work you're here to do, which is raise the world. You can find out more about light leader amplification at kelseyabbott.com slash coaching. And that's where you can book a free 15 minute light leader amplification consultation with me. Also human design readings. Kyle is a three, five generator. She sounds so much like a manifesting generator. And that's because three fives, they learn through personal experimentation. They are constantly experimenting. They don't know what they like until they try it. So they bounce around a lot, just like MGs. So if you are ready to dig all the way into your human design, book a human design reading with me. And if you're not ready for that, at the very least, get your free chart. Come on over to KelseyAbbott.com for all the things. Now it's time 
for me to stop talking except to remind you that I love you, that you are a miracle, and that it is time for you to go forth and be awesome. Kyle, I am so psyched for this. I feel like um, inviting you on the podcast is a huge duh. And it took me, it, there were like so many times I was like, invite Kyle, invite Kyle, invite Kyle. And then finally it was like, invite Kyle. And I was like, Kyle, we go on the podcast. <laughs> that has been, I mean, it, well, you know what though? It was the divine timing, right? Because we had to play just enough before this in different ways and avenues. And then I was like, oh yeah, like, let's do that together. Like, this is the natural next step. So I'm so glad to be here. You're right. You're right. And trust the timing. The universe always brings us the perfect thing at the perfect time. Yep. So I want to know, actually, like, I don't even know your backstory. How did you become the amazing, incredible woman that I see before me right now? Like, we don't have to start from day one. Just like... Who are you? How'd you get here? Did you start out being a coach and a purveyor of joy from day one? I love that because my typical go-to joke there is to do like the Goonies, right? You remember in Goonies when he's like, okay, in first grade, because they're like, tell me everything. And he starts at first grade. (laughs) So we won't start in first grade, although there are some indicators, I'm sure, in first grade of who I've become today. Um, okay, so where was, we'll start with career-wise, like how I chose this vocational path for the most part. I was, I was such a nerd in college, and that's like a dramatic statement, not like a nerd, but I studied printing, Kelsey. Yes, so everyone who's <laughs> listening, Kelsey is cocking her head in the natural way one would when they, they hear that someone studied printing. Like what is, are we talking about like, screen printing or like printing words or like pr- printing press or what yes. is printing me? Yes. So it's called graphic communication, but ultimately I ran ginormous printing presses in college. We were, we were, they told us we were the only college in the world that was allowed to do this. Like I had a friend who literally lost his thumb, like, because the printing presses are very dangerous. So how did you make that choice that you wanted to study printing? Yes, fair question. So I bounced around a lot in college, could not decide. I got a scholarship and then I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. And so like went home to a different college and then finally landed on wanting to go to Cal Poly. So for those listening that don't know what that is, it's ready for this. California Polytechnic State University at San Luis Obispo. (laughs) It is a mouthful. It's mostly engineering and agriculture, but it's also in the central coast of California. So it's this beautiful place. So I was basically like, what degree can I get from this college to be here? Like what makes the most sense, right? Because I originally thought I was going to be a teacher and I was like, oh, I'll just do liberal arts. And I was like, oh, Spanish. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to study radio. I just, I'm that person where I'm like, I love everything, right? And then they're like, pick one. And I'm like, pick one? that's insane. So I had to pick one. And this was the one that most appealed to me when I went to Cal Poly for the first time and listened to some of the um, professors and like some of the ideas of what they had and how we could apply them. I just loved like being able to create graphics and then actually produce them rather than being like a graphic artist where it's like, 
it's so pretty. And now it's like, it stops there because you can't translate something from the screen to real life. So I just thought it was a really cool way to produce something that was beautiful and to learn like that kind of ancient technology of printing and like running old presses, like a weird old white man. <laughs> it was just, yeah. So it just really appealed to me to be at that school. And then like that combo of studying something that people were clearly passionate about, the professors in the, the, um, the school was really tight. So it just was kind of more of a feel and a culture that I was like, oh, I want to be a part of this. That sounds fun. I'm like, I'll pick this. And so I did. So all of these details, I then went into, you know, naturally it was like, okay, you graduate college, you go to the workforce, right? And for those of you listening, I'm like doing my marching arms because it's like, okay, you just fall in line, right? And I didn't really give it too much thought. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in commercial publishing my whole career. Like, that's just what I chose. So I got a job as such, and within like six months, I was like, what's happening? This is terrible. I do not like this. <laughs> this is not like college, and it is not fulfilling. What do I do? So kind of made some shifts, and what happened after about two years living in the Bay Area, up in San Francisco area, after college was I actually was printing some posters for University of San Francisco that said something along the lines of the modern day human um, slave trade. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? What is, what is happening? And this is, mind you, I graduated in 2006, so you can do the math on how old I am, but this was probably 2008, right? And that just wasn't in our vernacular back then, like talking about modern day slavery. It just really, or at least for me, I was like, I'm sorry, what is this? Look how far we've come. It's only been, okay, so 2008 to 2021. 12, 13 years. 13 years. Yeah, 13 yeah. years. And like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And it's common now to know a little bit more about what's happening kind of behind the scenes. So at that time, though, I was like, I'm not sure what this is, but I need to know a little bit more. So started to scratch the surface of what that looked like, found that professor that we were printing stuff for, um, went and um, like listened to him speak, and then found myself, I lived right next to Stanford University, so found myself watching a documentary film um, all about kind of the slave trade, but it was um, child soldiers in northern um, Uganda. So a small- well, That sounds uplifting. It's very uplifting, <laughs> very, very inspiring. So it was one of those mo the moments in time, though, you look at yourself and you're like, whoa, I didn't know this existed. And I'm to a point where I cannot look back or look away and like be okay with myself moving forward as I am. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if yeah. you've had one of those moments. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that in the moment, but like you look back and you're like, that was that moment. Yeah, then nothing's ever going to be the same yeah. after this. Yeah. So what happened was in 2008, when everyone was like an economic turn down or downturn, whatever we call it, turn down for what? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> But when everyone was like panicking, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the moment. I'm quitting corporate after two years, like so dramatic, uh, but I'm quitting and I'm going to move into a van and I'm going to be um, an advocate for this issue that I've heard about and I can't look away from. Um, so basically I, yeah, I worked for a nonprofit for a little bit, totally left printing and corporate life behind, I thought, um, and worked for an organization called Invisible Children. 
where we were rebuilding the secondary education system in northern Uganda because of the effects of the war that had been going on literally my entire life. So that was a shift, right? It was a really big pivot and going like, I'm going to be a commercial publisher. I'm going to be in corporate to going like, I'm going to be really poor and I'm going to live in a van and travel the world or the country, at least advocating for things that most people haven't even heard of. So that took a good six to nine months. And I was like, oh, I am broke. This is not sustainable. <laughs> so I had to take another pivot and go, okay, I'm passionate about, I'm excited about this, but I have to pair it with something that can help sustain me, not just like live off who knows what I was living off at that point. So the coolest thing was my parents were like, hey, come home to San Diego. And San Diego is a wonderful place to come home to. <laughs> so it took a few months after traveling the country and decided to take a job in corporate um, kind of philanthropy, basically. Quickly shifted though into government affairs and what now is called and is really well known as corporate social responsibility. So my career took this kind of natural, but yet like strongly pivot turns. And for 10 years then I was in international development doing sustainable work all over the world, right? So it was pairing my excitement of working with nonprofits and social enterprises with the actual funding and sustainability piece and putting them together. Um, so I got to do that for a really long time. And I looked back after about 10 years and I was like, okay, Corporate life, again, is exhausting. Even if you're doing something that you're excited about, there's still like the red tape. There's still like the 100 emails a day. There's still the, I don't really own my schedule. Right? There's so much of that, that I was like, I've got two young kids now. I can't be like off in Nigeria and Indonesia anymore <laughs> without ramifications. So I looked back and asked myself, like, where have I been the most alive and excited in my career? And the answer always was when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with an entrepreneur or with a business leader or someone to like create a vision for what they're doing, right? So whether it would be creating a vision for their business, creating a vision for their community or for their own personal life, I was like, that was what was so exciting to me, right? When I mentored people one-on-one, -on -one, when I helped or like just came alongside and encouraged or supported people. And so I was like, is there a way to like get paid for this? Like just this? And there is. And it's called coaching. <laughs> and it's fantastic. Wait, wait, I have a question. Yeah. So time. you were like, you know, trying to end child soldier-ness in Uganda. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're trying to bring like social responsibility to corporations. Yes. And then you shift into helping individuals and entrepreneurs. Is there a part of you that misses the activism part? Good question. Here's probably the best answer. Uh, in 2013, two good friends and I started a nonprofit um, to tackle human trafficking here in San Diego. And so I think because that's always been running in the background, that part of myself and that part of my desire and passion has been fulfilled in that way. Mm -hmm. And naturally at any corner, if my husband were here, he would laugh. Um, if I have an opportunity to be an activist or to stand up for something that I'm convicted by, then I will jump in head first. 
Um, so yes, I absolutely need to continue and I do continue incorporating activism into my life in ways that are important to me. And even sometimes through my coaching, um, right? So even like some of the gifts that I'll give my clients, I'm like, okay, the way that I can be an activist is supporting other entrepreneurs that are doing some awesome work and like giving their product away or, or bringing attention to them. So that's definitely a focus of mine too. And all that I do as a joyful mindset coach now. Mm, I love that. Okay. So you find your way into coaching. Yes. And you find your way into being a joyful mindset coach. Yes. And here I am an instigator of joy. Yes. And so of course, here we are hanging out together. Yes. What, what does joy mean to you? Oh, I love this question. Joy is so many things, but it's ultimately the essence of who we are, right? You and I have talked about this. I know you've talked about this on your podcast, but it's that like truest, I always like do my hands like this, like foundational. It's like that truest sense of like where you grow from, right? And it's just how you encounter life unique to yourself amidst everything that comes your way, right? So it's how you respond and encounter life even though you've got trials and challenges and troubles and anxiety and all of that, it's how you engage at the same time, a joyful mindset in midst of trials. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, you just elaborated on what I say is joy is our natural state. Yes. yes. That's the place we come back to. That's our home. Yes, it is. It's all the giggles. It's all the bubbly feelings, but it's also like, as we grow, right? I think there's this, this way, and I, I, I definitely say this a lot, like, oh, we've been covered up by the world or culture or expectations or whatever it is. Sometimes I'm like, they've actually added to my joy because I get to use them, right? To navigate back to the healthiest mindset anyways, right? So it's not like uncovering or unpacking, even though I use that language all the time. Sometimes it's like, oh, what is this all added up to, right? Like, what has this all created? So yeah, that's what I think joy is. I think it's looking at who you truly, truly are. Um, and I definitely have a very divine sense of that as well. I think I've told you before, joy on a simple level is Jesus, others, and yourself. So J-O-Y. I like love that, right? It's like exquisitely simplistic. <laughs> Did you make that up all by yourself? No, no, no. This, I think it was something we learned a long time ago. Like when you grow up in church. Is this like a Sunday like, school thing? I think like so. <laughs> Either that or like my mom just said it all the time. You know, it's like those things kind of get confused along the way. I don't, I don't know. But it's definitely something I've held very true to because, and in my coaching, you know this, I start with the why, right? I think the why I use my hands like to go in the shape of a why because I think it holds up others in the Jesus, right? I think when you know yourself, right? When you understand that joy is like living amidst everything else in your life. When you identify that and recognize it, that's when you can pour into others. And like when you love others, that's naturally how you commune with the divine, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like kind of going from the bottom up, from the Y to the O to the J. I don't know. I, I just get really excited about this, but <laughs> that's what I talk about when, it when it comes to joy. From the Y to the O to the J. From the Y to the O to the J. Yeah, yeah that's definitely... The start of the song. So good. So good. Um, I think we talked about this when we did your YouTube show. Okay. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes. But I can't remember your answers. So I'm curious. Um, when it comes to joy, what color is joy for you? Bright yellow. 
And what does it smell like? Right now it smells like coconuts, like mm. at the beach, like that coconut, like almost like the smell of that suntan lotion that we grew up with. That's probably really toxic for us. Now. Yeah. Like a toxic coconut, <laughs> fake coconut, yeah. chemical to- yeah. coconut. <laughs> it's like that smell. It's so good though. What does it taste like? Oh, today, no joke. I have not even had breakfast and lunch. All I've had are three bites of dirty dough cookies. And What's they, that? It's they're doughy, like they're like big cookies that like are doughy in the middle. Hmm. I just can't even like right now. That's what joy tastes like. Is like the enjoying the indulge in these cookies. <laughs> and then what does it sound like? I, this is almost always my same answer. Is listening to my husband engage and laugh with my kids, like listening to them belly laugh and giggle and just talk. Um, that's like my favorite. Sound. Does your husband have one of those laughs that you can't not laugh when you hear it? No, no, <laughs> not one of those. That's probably my laugh. It's just the genuineness, right? Like the, when he's authentically just with the kids and knowing that they're like loving being in each other's presence so much that they're trying to get each other to laugh. Mm. Right? Like, it's not like his laugh is like, it's special to me. I don't think anyone hearing it would be like, Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Like it's great. But it's just the specific situation where the kids are with him and they're just together and they're in it. Like, it's just, there's no way not to like smile and get the bubbly feelings. I love that so much. And then what does joy feel like if you were to touch it? Oh, it feels like the blanket that I have on my couch right now that my friend bought me when I was uh, sick and recovering from surgery. It's like one of those really soft, like you can push it in one direction and then like the other, right. You know, like you want to like all push it in one direction. I don't know what material that is. I don't know either. Soft. It's actually very similar to what um, joy feels like for me because it feels like soft puppy dog ears. Oh yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. But that blanket is not made from dog ears. No. It's a fake material. (laughs) No dogs were harmed in the making of that blanket. No. No dogs were harmed. And no dogs will ever be harmed on the Find Your Awesome podcast. No, dear goodness, no. Um then what does joy feel like in your body, Kyle? What does it feel like in my body right now? It feels like that natural energy when you get a really good creative idea and all of your energy is like, oh my gosh, I want to produce that idea right now. Like I want to write it down. I want to live it out. I want to experiment with it. I want to tell people about it. It's that feeling that you get literally from head to toe when you're like, this is, I mean, it very well may not be a great idea, but the way that I feel right when I uncover an idea and I can then creatively like express it somehow Boom. That's what it feels like in my body. Mm. The image I just got as you were describing that was a spaceship launching. Oh, so good. Yes. <laughs> and that's yes. joy for you. You can feel that all day, every day. Yeah, you can. Especially after like a good cup of coffee, you're like invincible, full of that feeling. <laughs> so what's the difference between joy and happiness? I love that question. My answer is never like standard, but at the very basic level to me, I think happiness is awesome. Like I never want people to hear, like, I don't want you to be happy. Right. But I think it's a a fleeting feeling, right? Happiness is kind of, it comes and goes. It can be exhausting if that's all you're looking for. And it's almost always based on external influence. 
right? Like I'm happy because I saw this talked about, I, I don't know, like I got something, right? Like, you know, like uh, I think like the campaigns with Starbucks and McDonald's, right? They're like sip, sip joy. And I'm like, I don't know, like it can be joyful to like enjoy a Starbucks drink. That's great. But I think the feeling you're describing is more of a happy feeling, right? It's, it's waiting for something external to like curate a feeling or an emotion or a thought in your brain. Mm. Whereas joy to me is the opposite. It starts with where do I find it? How do I want it to look? How does it feel like all the questions we just went through, right? And then actively and intentionally pursuing a life that involves that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Joy bubbles up from within. Joy is an inside job. Yes, exactly. Happiness is an outside job. Yeah. And there's nothing yeah. wrong. Nothing wrong with it. It adds, yeah. it adds to your joy, right? Like happiness is great. Like, yeah, I want you to be happy. Absolutely. But I also don't think it's realistic to say you're going to be happy at all times. Whereas I do think joy is constant. I right? agree. Yeah. So it, it joy engages and interacts with all your other feelings. Whereas happiness, it can't be at the same time as like sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of in. Conflict. But joy and grief can coexist. Yes. Joy and anger can coexist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about the Bible verse, you know, uh, regardless of your belief and whatever it is, but there's a story in the Bible and like ancient scriptures, right. Uh, about uh, Jesus, who was a Jewish rabbi and, and forgive me if you, I'm sure you know some of these details, um, but not everyone does. <laughs> so Jesus was someone who like was God incarnate, right. He came to earth. He was God in the flesh. Um, Christians believe. And so when he died, the concept was he then rose from the dead, right? So within a few days time, he literally rose from the dead because he was God. He was fully human, fully God. And so there's this passage of scripture where his dearest friends who were obviously in absolute mourning to have lost like their rabbi, their teacher, their friend, right? They go to his graveside because there's traditional Jewish uh, rituals that happen within a certain period of time. They're checking on him, whatever it is. And they realize and recognize like, oh my gosh, what he said is true. Like he's not here, right? And so they're like terrified. Literally the scripture says they were terrified yet filled with joy. And that is like exactly what I mean. Like they were terrified. Like if I saw someone raised from the dead, like I'm going to be freaked the hell out. Excuse my language, (laughs) right? But at the same time, if it's someone that you're like, I love this person, I like, I'm like, they said this and now I'm like totally filled with joy at the same time that I'm scared. Maybe I'm still even mourning the loss of him, right? I'm confused, but yet joy literally exists within all of that at the same time. Does that, right? Like, I I love that story, that thought, like afraid yet filled with joy. So yeah. Yes. Also (laughs) you tell, mm -hmm, I don't know if this is the right word, but Bible stories Mm-hmm. with you tell them so well without any of the triggers of I feel like anyone listening to this doesn't matter if you associate with any sort of organized religion you just told a great story I feel like it's free from triggers thank you that is a fantastic compliment <laughs> thank you and I think that's because what the scriptures are actually meant for is they're storytelling right it's mm-hmm. all about stories it's all the human experience that's what scripture is to me um, so I appreciate that because it's something that is very important to me. Um, 
And I love it so much. It's one of those things that I'm like, I want you to see it, like you said, without a trigger, with like just from a different lens. So thank you. I really appreciate that. That reminds me of what um, my high school English teacher was also an Episcopalian minister. And he told us, we studied some, some passages from the Bible. And he told us like, no matter what your religion is, like we're reading this as a book of stories. Like mm-hmm. this, is, this has nothing to do with religion. We're just reading a bunch of stories right now. Yeah, there's a fantastic book um, by Rob Bell. Um, I think you know Rob Bell, yeah. I know Rob Bell, yeah. So he's an author, yeah. So he wrote a book called What is the Bible? And so again, like regardless of what you think it is, it's a fantastic look at reminder. Like this was written by humans. They are stories, they are love letters, they're poetry. And they're like really kind of awesome when you take a step back from what like our culture has done (laughs) to it, right? So so yeah, I think it's fantastic. So if anyone's listening, what is the Bible is a great resource. It is, I have that book. And I also, I love how Rob helps bring in some of the, uh, historical context yeah this stuff like that might when you're just reading that passage in the bible it might look really insane but then understand that this is what people did during that time this is yeah. what they're talking about this is what this word means which is something yeah. totally different than how we interpret it and yes. i totally yeah. geek out on that stuff i mean too i'm like dude the bible was we like speak english clearly we're gonna misinterpret a lot of the bible it was yeah. written in hebrew and aramaic like there's no way yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Like we don't have so yeah, I get very passionate about that too. I'm like, come on, it's so much more exciting. There's so much more. <laughs> I I love watching you geek out about it. It's so fun. And we're <laughs> gonna come back to more Bible stuff, but I don't wanna forget something that you said last week. You so you're a three five generator, which makes you look an awful lot like a manifesting generator because you learn through trial and error. You learn through constant experimenting. And this is you talking about like your college story is such and then even trying to work in corporate printing. That's such the story of a three five. You don't have any idea what you like until you try it. And then you try it and you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. So the phrase you shared last week with me is mistake it till you make it. Yes. What what has that meant for you in your life? What does it mean when you share it with people? Such a good question. So uh, number one, I have to give credit where credit's due. It is not my own saying. Um, it is someone I met. He's an author. His name is Ryan Berman, and he wrote Return on Courage. Um, so he was talking about how people in the corporate world can step outside the box more than what they actually do. And he was talking about a lot of business, but he had said, mistake it till you make it. And what happened when he said that to me was I was like, oh, this is so much more freeing than the fake it till you make it. Because faking it until you make it, I'm just like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work with me. Like, right, it's just so full of resistance. When I hear that, I'm like, are people walking around? I literally like whisper this in my head. I'm like, are people walking around faking it? Like that is just oh, I'm too tired for that. Like, I'm too tired to figure out who I've been for you. And then I've got to be someone else. Like, no, I'm like way too tired for that. And so when he said, mistake it until you make it, I was like, oh yeah, my body just came alive. Like, thank you. Yes, this makes so much more sense to try, like you said, trial and error it out, right? And that's what I consider adventuring through life is going, if I'm making mistakes, it's because I've tried things, right? I, what is, I think the other saying that goes really well hand in hand is forget the mistake, remember the lesson, 
hey, like remember why or like what the outcome was to whatever mistakes, and I'm using air quotes here, like mistakes that you made. Um, and you and I talked about this too, like, is there really a mistake in life? And that actually has sat with me for the last like week since we last talked about it. And I was like, you know what, what I've landed on is mistakes to me are when you go against something you feel as a conviction. So like, when so you we, ignore your intuition? Yes, if you ignore that or go against it, right? Like almost like running away from it, right? Um, that to me is a mistake. Like I would honestly say like, yeah, those were mistakes in my life. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you in that sense. And then we were talking about last week, other things like, you know, if it has nothing to do with your intuition, but simply taking a right turn when it turns out there was traffic down that route, it's not, you didn't make a mistake. It's, it's the current version of you judging past you and labeling it a mistake. It's you being a jerk to yourself and it's totally unnecessary. It is. Someone I was talking to today, her, one of her takeaways to our conversation, what she had said is replace judgment with curiosity, like actively aim to replace judgment with curiosity for yourself and others, right? And I was like, that's such a good way to shift it in your thinking. Cause I'm always talking about like wonder. I'm like, we don't wonder anymore, right? We like just ask and we get answers right away. But I was like, what if we, cr- we replace judgment of ourselves and of other people with wonder? Like I wonder, and I'm doing like the, I wonder look I wonder why they behave that way. I wonder why I behave that way. I wonder why I took the right turn instead of the left. I wonder what I have to learn, right? So this is so I I even say every morning, may I experience wonder and awe. I made the note. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't I don't want to know all the answers. I mean, at the time I might feel like I want to know all the answers. Sure. But I'm not, don't listen to me when I say I want to know all the answers. Cause I feel like the, <laughs> the being in awe, uh, for instance, last week I had this experience Monday, I experienced nerve pain. That was literally a 10 out of 10. Mm. I was like screaming pain by Thursday, by Friday. I'm I like, I can't even remember Thursday. So by Friday I wasn't in any pain and I was just in so much awe. Huh. Of my body. And I was like, oh my God, look what I, look what it did. Look what I did. Look at, yeah. look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's funny because I actually, so have you watched the movie Superhuman yet? No. On Prime? Do I want to? Should I? I think so. Because yeah. it's what you just described. It's scientifically reminding us and proving that our bodies have this intuitive way of healing themselves when we direct our mind and energy in that direction. Oh, yes. Yes, I do want to watch this. It's called Superhuman Making the Invisible Visible. So it basically talks about what you talk about, right? Is that we all are- is this Joe Dispenza? I don't think so. Okay. Okay, continue. Maybe, I don't actually, that name sounds really familiar, but I don't know who he is. Am I supposed Mm. to know who he is? Um, Not necessarily. He's like, is he a mindset coach guy? Kind of. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I can't really describe him. So we don't need to talk about him anymore. Tell me more about superhuman. Superhuman. So basically, like you said, it's going like our bodies were actually designed to intuit what we need. 
right? So they show these women and it's like, you can watch it and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know, just all like a bunch of hogwash, which I can't believe I chose that word of all words right now. But <laughs> Which is such a funny term too. Like where, where does that come from? Hogwash, I don't know. Like, I mean, that, it sounds dirty. Well, I'm going to go wash the pigs. So anyways, you might watch it in that, right? Fine. Like if your mind is closed and you're not open to wonder, you might feel like it's a waste of time. But if you're just open to the idea of what you just said, like I woke up with a pain, it was 10 out of 10. And throughout the week, whatever you did probably was a lot of positive thinking about like, I can heal. I am strong. I'm prepared for this. Whatever it was that you do in your, like you wake up and you say, I'm ready for wonder and all like, yeah. So it's literally showing scientific um, evaluations of how our body does and can do that, can access like healing and change and even um what's the word psychic kind of abilities it's just i don't know it, it's mind bendingly interesting to me <laughs> like well maybe when you see someone walking by and you're like man everything seems so easy everything keeps going right for that person maybe just maybe right it's the set of thoughts that they're carrying around about who they are and their reality right? And the opposite is also true. We know this. Like when, what do we say? When it rains, it pours. Like probably because your mindset has done a spiral and you're attracting certain things into your life and not blaming you, right? I'm just saying like, maybe if we're open to the possibility, right? That this mindset thing is not just hogwash, (laughs) right? (laughs) And it actually has a lot of power behind it. Then maybe you can shift your reality. Yes, I'm with you completely. And this is funny because I have an email written in my email server thing. It's not going out because it turns out I was writing it in preparation for this conversation. I didn't realize that. Um, Yeah. So when we're in a storm, like I was in last week with pain and just other just, you know, the universe is like, here you go, Kelsey you get to experience all of this. And when we're in a storm, we tend to look at like, okay, where's the next thing going to come from? What's the next thing that's going to be thrown at me? Yeah. But what I did, and I'm not saying like, I was a super high vibe the entire time when I was in pain, I was in pain and I was scared. Yeah. And then what, what I, what I do say every morning and I say it at least three times is may, I experience wonder and awe and please show me magic and miracles. Mm. And on Saturday morning, when I was outside with my toes in the grass and under the early morning light, and I said, please show me magic and miracles. A hawk flew right in front of me and landed on our neighbor's chimney and just looked at me. And I knew that things had shifted. But then I mistakenly, or we're going to use that term because it was a silly human, a silly human thought, Oh, sweet storm's over, go play. And I, I could, in some senses go play, but also what do we do after a storm? We come out and we assess and we're like, we kind of get our feet on the ground and we're like, Whoa, okay. How am I doing? Like I'm safe. Yeah. We make sure we feel safe and loved and we just process what we just went through and then and then after the settling and after the processing that's when we rebuild and we like amplify and all that yeah 
100%. And again, you use that as another like point of recognition, right? To remember like, oh yeah, there was that storm and here's how we came out of it, right? So it's not ignoring the storm. It's not sweeping under the rug. It's not pretending it didn't happen, right? It's going, remember what I learned from it, right? And remember Mm -hmm. how I needed to adapt, right? Emerging from it. Yeah. 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 Where do we want to go next? I, I, I kind of got, <laughs> Everywhere, Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to jump ahead to ahead. Like there's an order here. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, I want to know, you are very clearly a light leader. And a light leader, I describe a light leader as anyone who has this deep craving to raise the world. Mm-hmm. And by raise, I don't mean parent. I mean... You want sure. to raise it, like lift it up, raise the roof. Yeah. And what, when you're working with your one-on-one clients, like what is your vision? Mm, you know what? That was someone else's word. I don't like that word at all. That word does not no. resonate with me. <laughs> to vision. What, how are you here to change the world? Oh, I love it. One person who's in front of me at a time. Hmm. right like you said not like raise like a child but like a lot of how I'm here to change the world is to raise my children right and to go okay if I can impact your thinking right with the belief that there is a divine God who loves you and the way that you love him is by loving others then like I've done my job right and that same sentiment though goes out to any person that's around me like how can I love you in the way that you need to be loved in this moment, right? Maybe it's listening. Maybe it's encouraging. Maybe it's teaching. It's not always, <laughs> right? Maybe it's just like yesterday we got to, me and the kids and my mom and grandma actually were in the car for three hours, maybe over three hours, just delivering meals to two friends that, that needed it, right? Like maybe, and that was, that was what I was there for. That was what my purpose yesterday. It was delivering also dirty dough cookies. I've talked about them twice now. <laughs> They're not sponsoring the podcast, but. They're not sponsored. They could. <laughs> um, but really, that was my purpose. And that's what I'm here for is to discover what that looks like every single day. Mm. Doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. It doesn't mean I'm like looking back at every day, like I've done it. Right. But it means collectively. I that is my effort, right? Like that's my effort is to go, like you say, you wake up with wonder and awe. I wake up and I'm like, how do I love the people that are in my path today? Right? Because sometimes it's the hardest people to love, like the people that are closest to you, like your spouse and your family. And you're like, oh dear gosh, why? (laughs) Why? Um, But I think that's also, that's like the purpose then too is loving when it's super difficult and loving in like a radical way. Like, how do I lovingly parent today when my six-year-old is a nightmare, (laughs) right? How do I lovingly parent today when my husband has been in a bad mood all day and I don't know, just like, is definitely not able to pour into me. Like, how do I, how am I loving today when I run into so many people when you go outside that all think extraordinarily different than I do and want to shame me for my choices? Like, how do I still not shame them and love them? How? Like, how do I radically love people? That's kind of, and, and like, it's simple, right? It's, it's a meal. It's, it's cookies. It's 
come over for a play date. It's who knows, right? It's just little things. So that's what I think I'm here to do. Discover that on a day-to-day basis. Kyle, that is, how do I radically love people? Yeah. Are you asking me? Is that rhetorical? No, no it's rhetorical. <laughs> well, wait, do you have an answer? I wasn't actually making a question, but I want to know what else you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know I could go on and on, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. Like what if we all woke up with that sentiment? Like how do I radically love those around me? Because we all have some sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Someone's hurting in that sphere of influence. Someone is, even if it's not on the surface. Right. So how am I showing up for them? How am I listening? Which is too hard for me because I'm a talker, <laughs> right? I'm a coach. I go to coaching. And sometimes that's like the opposite of what people need, which is really difficult. So how do you radically love the people in your realm? Like Mother Teresa said it so well. And I'm sure you've heard this quote. She said, never worry about numbers. Start with the person closest to you, right? Like, don't worry about the numbers. Just start where you are. Start with the person right in front of you. Figure it out from there. It's funny that you said, like, I'm a talker. I'm a coach. So it's it's not always like what comes naturally to me. And yet, Kyle, from I've known you, I don't know, maybe a year. And you inspire me so much because that question, how do I radically love people? I, this is the first time I've ever heard you say that, but that is what I see in the human in front of me right now. And that's what I've always seen in you is somebody who asks that question of themselves every single day and every single moment of every day. And it's so beautiful and so inspiring. Thank you. I'm going to like tear up. That's really <laughs> sweet. To, that's like a really incredible thing to say to someone. So thank you. You're welcome. And crying is allowed. It happens sometimes on the Find Your Awesome <laughs> podcast. <laughs> sometimes I get some tears that just roll down you know the best right they're joyful tears of course joy that just leaks out sometimes joy that leaks out in a liquid form yeah thank you Kelsey that's really sweet you're welcome you inspire me Mm -hmm. to raise the world with love Ah, so good so good what if we all did that what if we all did right Mm -hmm. and what if we all did it with in our way with our unique gifts yes like like for instance activism like you are here to shout about things you're passionate about some people are here for that and some people are the ones like i feel like my role is more to make sure those people who are shouting are doing it in an aligned way like do it in a way that you are going to be most impactful and experience the most ease from it you're not going to burn yourself out you are going to change the world with that voice of yours that's yeah. my role in the yep. in the movement i love that and see my role is like go get it you're so good oh my gosh like just to encourage that person like i'll be your energy keep going you're doing incredible i love it do you need a cookie, <laughs> you need a cookie. i'll go get you a cookie <laughs> keep going <laughs> i absolutely am gonna need cookies after this podcast (laughs) i want to send you some you can actually ship them they're clearly not as good when you ship them across the country but (laughs) i could (laughs) we'll talk about that after we're done recording um we'll, we'll talk details so a couple maybe last questions for you first of all kyle what's the scariest thing you've ever done thing I've ever done. 
so many things come to mind, Kelsey. <laughs> anyway, you, can't, you can't get this wrong. Trust what comes up first. <laughs> I mean, a physical scare was, I mean, this is, this is not deep. This is just like the first thing that popped into my mind was when I went bungee jumping um, in Uganda over the, uh, the Nile River. And it sounds as janky as it was. <laughs> <laughs> I almost jumped without being hooked up. I thought I was hooked up. <laughs> I'm so, thank you, Jesus. I'm still here today to tell the story. Um, so that was one of the scariest things. Um, but on a deeper level, the scariest things. I mean, just stepping into my own quote unquote business, I'm doing air quotes, right? Because you and I have talked about this. I'm not like a business oriented person, but also know that to be successful, I have to address some things and like, you know, organize myself and my thoughts in a certain way. Um, so I think stepping into that has been equally exciting and terrifying, mm -hmm. right? To say like, I'm doing this and I might really fail in front of everyone, right? Like I've said I'm doing it and I said I'm going to be able to like sustain it and, and keep doing it. So it's been terrifying to be like, ooh, can I? <laughs> and you might really succeed in front of everybody. Oh, I may. I may. I feel like I am. <laughs> well, what is success for you? Mm, success? Well, vocationally, do we want to talk? Just I think like, what does that word mean to you? Like, what is Kyle Moss's definition of success for you personally? So good. You can ask me any day and it'll probably be different. Number one. Um Personally, though, success is kind of what we talked about, like that mistaking it until I feel like, oh, this is it, right? Not mistaking it until I make it, because I don't think there's like a finish line necessarily, yeah. but it's almost like until I create it, right? Until I'm like, oh, I have that moment where I'm like looking around at what I'm doing and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the thing. Oh, so that's success to me when you're able to take a deep breath and go like, oh, look what I'm doing look, look what's been created, right? I um, there. Oh, I've lived in that, like, excitement so much. Like, oh, look what keeps happening. Oh, like, I'm whispering, right? Like, oh, and, you know, success is also, like, when you do set those visions, even when you're scared, like, I sometimes I get scared writing things down, like, I want to make this amount of money, or I want to have this many clients, like, those type of things. Or, like, I'm looking up at my, like, quote-unquote vision board, um, and I say, quote unquote, because I had to do it in my way. Like, I was like, I don't know. I can't do like a vision board like everyone. I need to do it in my like very clear way. But success to me is going, did I remember to make choices today based on what it is I value most, right? And some of the things that are written down are like, did I look my kids and my husband in the eye today, right? And I like, honestly, I'm like, if I can make my kids laugh once a day, I am golden. Like whatever else happens that day. I am good to go. So that's a success to me too. Your <laughs> commitment to looking your kids and your husband in the eye every day is just so beautiful and so grounding. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure if you, if you put it into practice, it is, mm -hmm. it literally has that effect on you. Right. Yeah, it brings us home. Yeah. It reminds us like people ask, like, how do you, how do you be in the present moment? I'm like, look someone in the eyes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it can even be yourself. Look in the mirror. Totally. And hold your own gaze. Totally. That can be intense for some people if it's not. And even like, you know, remember what color your eyes are. 
Yeah. Okay, last question. So okay. you've got a megaphone or a billboard, whatever you want to use. What is it that you want to shout from the rooftops and you want everybody on this planet to know for sure? Billboard would say, joy is yours for the taking. Right. And then like, I'd probably have some subtext <laughs> or like a QR code so that they could go to more because I have more words. <laughs> um, but the reminder that joy is a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And that we wake up with a choice every day. Like when people go, I don't know what it means to choose joy. It means to wake up and remember that you have the choice. So joy is, joy is yours for the taking. That's what my billboard would say. I love it. And what I just heard as you said that is remember when you wake up each day and you remember that you have that choice, remember that you are alive and that that is a miracle. It really is. Yes. I mean, when you trace it back to like the situation that had to occur for me to be here right now and for this to keep functioning, I'm pointing to my body, head to toe, everyone, <laughs> like for this to function on a daily basis. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Kyle, if people wanna learn more from you, if they wanna hear more from you, if they wanna work with you, where do they go? If this was not enough, my friends. <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> if you need more Kyle in your life. You need more. I've, I have definitely been called an energizer bunny and I'm like, yep, I would love to serve that purpose for anyone who's looking for it. Um, so the best place is, and I will caveat this, but the best place is Facebook. Um, I've got a growing group there, um, called just a little more joy. Mm. And I'm not sure if I'm frozen right now. So I'm so bummed. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Okay, so I said the the place to find me amidst my unstable internet connection right now. <laughs> Can you still hear me? Good. <laughs> Facebook. So just a little more joy is my Facebook group because I think a lot of joy is overwhelming. So just a little more is what I'm hoping to uh, help you cultivate on a daily basis. So just a little more joy Facebook group on Facebook. That was redundant. Okay. I'm losing it here, Kelsey. I'm losing it. But if you're like Kelsey and you don't have Facebook, which I totally understand, then you can email me. And my email is Kyle at experts together.com. Amazing. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. All right. I love you. Thank I you for friend. being you. Thank you for being you and hosting this. It's fantastic. You know it is because you're here. (laughs) Before we completely end this episode, I just got to repeat one of the wisdom bombs that Kyle dropped. When you truly love others, That's when you commune with the divine. Just sit with that for a moment. When you truly love others, that's when you really commune with the divine. And in order to love others, you have to love yourself. And in order to love yourself, you have to know yourself. And this is all how we commune with the divine. And this is why we're here. To commune with the divine 
and raise the world by owning and sharing our unique gifts. Kamas is amazing. She's absolutely positively my favorite purveyor of joy. I love this woman. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And we want to know what resonated for you. What is percolating for you as a result of this conversation? You can find Kyle's email address and my email address in the show notes. So send us a message, please. I love you. If you also want to share this episode with everyone you know, that would be fantastic. And please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks a million. You are amazing. Go forth and be awesome.